1: What's up, brother? And this is Josue Pavone. Give me a fist pound. You're a little bit sick, but I won't kill you for <laughs> it. Yes. You know what? You were very close earlier, so I didn't want to get sick. I was, sleep. for good reason. I was healthy. This is the CLNS Media Garden Report from CLNS Media World Headquarters in Boston. Mm-hmm. This is also powered by DraftKings.com. Use promo code CLNS for one free match play. Go to DraftKings.com. All right, gentlemen. Panic in Celtics Nation, panic all around Green Street, panic everywhere where there is a Celtics fan watching basketball. Okay, four-game losing streak. Biggest concern I have about this four-game losing streak and what it's really revealed is something we've seen the last couple of years. The Celtics are not rebounding. They're not protecting the paint. They're not protecting the rim. And... You know, they've been really manhandled. They were manhandled in that third quarter loss to uh, in that uh, loss to Orlando in the third quarter mm-hmm. on Sunday. This, uh, Lakers did the same thing. Even Brad Stevens after the game on uh, Monday night said that uh, or Tuesday night, I should say, said that their guards were better rebounders than our bigs. And that can't happen. So, uh, Jimmy, I'll start with you. How do the Celtics go about fixing this
2: before we even talk about getting a trade? That's a great question. I mean, just going back to some of your examples, even let's think about New Orleans. I mean, what Davis and Cousins did to them, very frustrating um, on Tuesday night in L.A., fourth quarter. How many second-chance rebounds did they get in the end of that fourth quarter there that allowed the Lakers to take that lead? Uh, And, you know, obviously the the smart shot came up short, but it was very frustrating just to see the lack of aggressiveness that you want to see on the boards. When I think you become a team that's too worried about scoring, You tend to not want to focus on how you get the ball, but what you do once you have the ball. So if you're already thinking about the next play, what are you going to do on the offensive end? um, You're not putting in the effort in on the defensive side. They've never been a great rebounding team. This year hasn't been as glaring as other years, clearly. I think Baines has been a great addition, um, but he doesn't play. More about attitude, I thought Baines
1: was, more than anything else.
2: Sure, I I would agree, and I think they need more guys like that. Horford's not that aggressive rebounder, rebounder, although he he will give you Eight on a good night, um, but they don't have that force down low. So, it's going to come down to, it's going to come down to just who wants it more. A lot of times, that's what it is on rebounds and on defenses. It's attitude, and I think last year they did lose some of that attitude when they lost Crowder, when they lost Bradley, guys that not necessarily are ripping down boards left and right, but right. even Thomas, they provide that toughness that you need to have if you want to be uh, more active in that part of the game.
1: Okay. That's Boogie Cousins, and that was Anthony Davis. Everybody understood that in that loss to the Pelicans. Right. Two days later, you and I were there. We talked about it post-game after the 76ers really dominated, I thought, that the Celtics uh, for a good part of that game. Obviously, they were up 21 points. The 76ers didn't quite accomplish what they normally do, and that's mm-hmm. blow a, a big lead to the Celtics. But still, their big men, uh, Joel Embiid, was able to dominate mm-hmm. and I want to get your take uh, Joe's way on what you think the Celtics can do with the existing players I look at uh, Aaron Baines uh, in that lineup right now and I understand it's not who you start the game with it's who you finish but he's not giving them a lot of big time minutes yeah
0: we're not seeing that same aggressiveness out of him like we used to see you know earlier in the season I like what Jimmy had to
1: say. I definitely agree with
0: that. You know, the
1: effort level, the
0: those 50-50 balls. I mean, I I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that the Celtics team, I mean, when when teams face the Celtics now, there's a target on their backs. You know what I mean? Like, everyone wants to beat the Celtics. And Philadelphia 76 is a great example because they blew a huge lead against the Celtics over in London. And ever since then, it seems like the Celtics have been in, like,
1: this this slump. You know what I mean? They haven't really – especially offensively, you know? But I want to get into that a little bit, too, because somebody brought this up to me today and I thought there was some legitimacy to it the Celtics lost a lot of their mojo and a lot of their rhythm and maybe they would have anyway Mm. uh, because they were bound to hit some sort of wall just like Jason Tatum was expected to hit a rookie wall that everybody's talking about now but that London trip Jimmy how much of an impact do you think it had on on the rhythm and what they had going before you know they were 34 and 10 or 33 and 10 they go over to London win the game They're thirty 34 and 10 and haven't been the same since
2: it's crazy because I thought it would have a different effect. I thought that they were kind of struggling into that game as a bit as they were coming down the stretch. And you looked and you said, oh, my God, these guys have played like six, seven more games than some of these other teams right. in the NBA. They were right. cramming those games in. And the whole story was, well, they haven't had the days off. They haven't had time to practice. Once we get to London, we'll have all this time off. We'll be able to reset a little bit, have a couple of days to ourselves, come back a little bit of calibrated, almost like a mini all-star break, if you will. Hasn't been the case. I don't know if it's just like a crazy jet lag situation going on here or what, but they're in a rut, and every team goes through a rut. You can't expect them to keep winning at the clip that they were winning. I mean, they blew away everybody's expectations to begin the season, and I think now – it's starting to come full circle They're finding a bit. level water. Sure. And th- I, I think that they're not as bad as they're playing now, but they weren't no. as good as while they were playing to I begin with I think the effort
0: year. level is what concerns me the most. You know what I mean? I mean, you guys, I, I get it. Okay, they're young guys. especially Specifically Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. I mean, they're a much tougher team, there's and those effort, guys are very effective.
1: There's effort, and not, not to cut you off, Joe, but there's effort and there's energy. What I think is really missing is the energy, and that's why they're getting killed in the paint. That's why they're getting killed on the glass. Okay,
0: well, where does that energy come from, Drags? I mean, who's, co- who's really coming out of, out of the bench and, and really producing? Right. I mean, Marcus Smart had himself a good game. When they were playing wrong, well, it was
1: Marcus Smart and Terry Rozier. Everybody, including yours truly, right. was raving about the energy. Those two players off the bench. And we're not seeing that anymore. No. Marcus that Morris though. is still being consistent.
2: Tatum. It was also it was also Brown. Yeah, those two those guys, guys, guys are crucial. Those guys were playing way above everyone's expectations, way above. And they're mm-hmm. all coming back down to earth a little bit. They Kyrie had a, tiny, he had a little bit slow start to his season, but then he was playing out of this world. Now he kind of looks like dealing with a little bit of an injury. So obviously one of the games they lost, he didn't play. They got absolutely murdered in that game. Mm-hmm. That's a concern because you don't want it to turn into last season where it was Isaiah Thomas and nobody. Hey everyone, Jimmy T here from the Gadden Report, and if you're like me, you're always looking for ways to cram a healthy lifestyle into a busy schedule. And that's why I've incorporated RX Bars into my diet. Beyond being a go-to snack that checks off a number of nutritional boxes, RX Bars actually do taste delicious. They created a bar made from real, whole food ingredients that actually taste better than anything else out there. And I'm a protein bar guy. No fillers, no additives, no chemicals, and no added sugar. Guys, you can actually pronounce these ingredients, and here they are. Three egg whites two dates, and six almonds. The egg whites for the protein, dates to bind, nuts for texture, bada bing, bada boom, you got yourself a protein bar. Comes in 11 different flavors. Uh, you can like the sweet, maybe you like some chocolate, some fruit. I go blueberry, but I'll also mix in a chocolate chip if I have a sweet tooth. Guess what? They're gluten-free, they're soy-free, they're dairy-free, so if you get that going on, you're good. Good for breakfast on the go, a little snack at the office. Personally, I throw it in my gym bag, eat it after a nice workout, no big deal. So listen up. For 25% off your first order, just go to rxbar.com slash CLNS. When you get there, enter the promo code CLNS at checkout, and you'll get 25% off your order, and you can thank me later.
1: Here's my concern in this four-game streak beyond the rebounding. My other big concern is the dependency on one player, i.e. Kyrie Irving. Mm -hmm. And he had the 33 points Tuesday night in the loss to the Lakers. And we've seen it many, many times where Kyrie will score 30 uh, upwards, close to 40 points, and he's the only one producing. Mm -hmm. That is a recipe for disaster come playoff time because good teams are going to give you that one player who can score and then shut everybody else down and and deny, deny, deny. And
2: that's what's going to happen. Yeah, we've seen it. I mean, we saw it last year. I mean, the Cavs know exactly how to take Isaiah Thomas out of the game, I mean, before the injury. Uh, and And they'll certainly know how to do it. To, uh, to Kyrie, and so will any other team. You go out, if you can, it's like what the Patriots do. They take away your, you know, take away right. your best skill player, and what do you have left? So the Celtics, it's all about, it's going to be for them all about depth. Are these guys like Tatum, Brown, Rozier, Smart, are they going to be able to step up when it matters most? Because right. right now, it does matter, but you're going to hit a low of the season. But when the playoffs come around, that's when everyone's giving you your best.
0: but the, you know, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, and, I'm, and yeah. I'm just
2: saying, you need to have that depth. So whether it's on this team or not, they're going to find out real fast probably on this road trip, whether it's that depth is on this team or if they need to go elsewhere and find it. Right. You did a one-on-one
1: with Al Horford earlier in the year, or a couple couple weeks ago, right? And I've got concerns about Al Horford's knee, and the Celtics clearly want to manage him in the second half of the year because, obviously, they want him as close to 100% as possible Mm -hmm. come playoff time. They're going to have to give Al, I think, some games off just to get him to the playoffs healthy, if al horford 's out of the lineup, that is a huge cog out of the machine in terms of the offense and the way they run um, so much of their offense throughout
0: well it 's also a huge cog for the defensive side of things right I mean that is the anchor of the team defensively, and a big reason why I think he 's an all star you know I know that debate came up last night or two nights ago or whenever it was. However, I think that's an opportunity for Marcus Morris to get in there. You know, I really yep. think Marcus Morris is a guy who oh, God. wants to play. I mean, he wants, he wants. He wants to be more productive right he now. Wants... I don't
1: know anybody on. He
2: it. wants a, mm. a, a that thing a is cruising role. down the railway with nobody on board. I don't think.
1: Right I, I I disagree. I I, I, I want
2: people. I, I, trust me. I want. I want to be on that train. I just right now. Marcus I haven't seen Morris. Much. You want to
0: make sure Marcus Morris is in,
1: has the set of mind where he's ready to produce and he's. Ready for his number to be called when he was added to this roster, and when they were playing well at the start of the season, he was a huge part of what they needed, and that was a stretch. Big. Let's just segue into the next subject. And he's a stretch
2: big, but he's 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 meant to score. If he's not scoring for you, he's not doing. He can why rebound. He was I think he, he can, can rebound. His, his
0: rebounding, his defense is overlooked. I mean, look, let's he comes to, on. but when it comes to pick and roll defense, though, I mean, that's the type of guy you you want. And on
2: switches, he sure. can guard. The guards. But he can guard the, game, the little
0: guys. He can keep up with those guys.
2: Right, I agree. But you, you need him to provide offense for you because we already talked about it. Without Kyrie, With Kyrie being guarded or if he's off, who is going to provide that offensive boost? Because it's not, it's not smart. It's not always going to be Tatum because he is the rookie. Uh, Brown's a, a streaky shooter as mm-hmm. well. You need Morris, the veteran guy they brought in here. Nobody's saying Morris is better than Avery Bradley. But I, I was fine with the trade. I think it made a lot of sense. I still do. But he needs to do what he was brought here to do, which is to provide that extra offensive boost, whether it's in the starting lineup, or it's where I think he wants to be. And I, I'm wondering uh, how much that is affecting his play, or if it's off the bench, because either way, he's going to buy into whatever his role is going to be. They need, he, they need him. He's, he's going to be like their trade, he's going to be like their trade deadline guy. If he can turn around a little bit and, and play the way he's capable of playing, that would be a huge boost for them. What's up my garden report people? It's Jimmy here, and hear me out. We all know buying tickets to sports and concerts can be very complicated and confusing. We've all gone to many events over the years. But there's now a better way to buy, and that is with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every type of live event. Whether you're searching for a last minute deal, maybe a date night, or maybe you really screwed up over the holidays and you gotta make up for it with a better gift. You can also buy yourself a ticket, little trick. SeatGeek will help you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. I have the app on my phone, and it's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. I can be anywhere, anytime, and with just a few taps on the SeatGeek app, I can instantly find the seats I'm looking for. And actually, I plan on using it for Justin Timberlake tickets in the future because he's bringing Sexy back once again. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. It saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. And on top of that, you get the most bang for your buck. SeatGeek will grade every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the seats that fit your budget. And did I mention it's all fully guaranteed? That's right, no ticket scalpers trying to pull the wool over your eyes. So make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket, from sports and concerts, comedy, theater, or whatever weird thing you might be into. Best of all... My listeners will get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code GARDENREPORT today. That's promo code GARDENREPORT, one word, and you get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Go.
1: For so long, we have heard the Celtics tied in with the name Nerlens Noel. We're going to move on to <laughs> trade rumors here. Okay. And we're still, you know, the trade deadline is a good three, four weeks away still, but I think... The consensus out there, and a the consensus I think in this room, is Danny's going to have to make at least one significant move to add a big if this team is going to go far into the Eastern Conference uh, playoffs as it did last year. Question, Jimmy um, Noel or someone else uh, out there that the Celtics yeah. could add uh, in the front court to really uh, bolster what is,
2: I think, a very shallow part of the roster right now? So for a guy like Noel, I mean, do you do you trade for a guy that you have no, bird rights? No, no, not not just that, but do you have no probably plan or vision to see at the end of games? Because to me, I don't think Noel is a guy that you really will see in the game late.
1: No, but but if Aaron Baines is only giving you ten minutes a game, but why why is he only giving you ten? I I don't understand that, and you know I think you know that is a good question for Brad. You know when they come back from the trip and ask him in person, hey. You know Aaron Baines' minutes have been going way down. Mm-hmm. Uh, what gives, and don't you think a guy like that could help you in, in in terms of helping in the pain? Well, I think the most interesting part of the season is that I feel like Brad tends to go small, especially when
0: things aren't right. going well that's his go to college
1: background. I, I mean, mean part of it I mean look he at
0: goes the,
2: small and it, and, it, and it works a lot of times. It
0: works a lot of the time, but look at the, the spurts. look at the rockets game that's the best example right. I'm dying to see Baines. Baines didn't play until that he was at the end of the third quarter. Right. Made some big stops, converted on the other end because of those stops. And I feel like a lot of the time, Brad Stevens tends to go small when it's sort of like his panic button. So I, I think someone that could really help this team is Zach Randolph. I mean, this yeah. is a guy who's. Sacramento's pretty much benched him at this point. They're like saying, that. look, we want to go young, we want to move on, uh, we, we want to develop these guys. We know you signed a one Veteran, year deal. Veteran wants to win. Right. Wants to win. Has never been to, the, not even what, the Western Conference Finals, right? No. It's never even been that far. And of course, this is a team that's destined for that, right? I mean, and, let's face it, if the Celtics don't make it to the East Conference Finals, that's a failure. I think he's sure. that good, and he's someone that can really give you some he's still
2: valuable got something minutes.
1: Left. Can we, and he can give you plenty of production in the playoffs. I have always loved Zach Randolph's game. I mean, to me, he's a modern day Charles Barkley. The size and, and his. The uh, ability to score underneath and in close to the basket is something obviously the Celtics uh, could use desperately uh, right about now. Um, but let's talk about two players that uh, rule out them coming to Boston, right, for now. Mm-hmm. Anthony Davis, right? <laughs> yeah, he's not going to come to Boston. He's not not the deadline. That's and that's for and sure,
2: Kawhi no. Leonard. Ka- Kawhi Leonard's I don't know what's going on over there in San Antonio. I don't, either, I don't think anybody does. They're kind of like that. Pay- everything's closed doors over there. But I was very surprised to hear that there's some drama going on. But, yeah, no, uh, this. I think Danny Ainge overall is happy with what he's got going on here, and he's not about to blow it up for a guy who's – we don't even know what the injury situation is over there now with, with Kawhi. I, mean, right. I don't know how serious that is. But whatever drama is going on in San Antonio, I think that's going to stay in San Antonio because I don't think they're getting rid of him. If they get rid of him. You know, with with the with the makeup of that roster, they're in, they're in trouble for years to come. So I think they're hanging on to him. And same with Davis. Uh, I, I think that they have no intention intention of trading, of trading yeah. him right now. And I right. think it, it they would want take to keep those guys
0: intact. Him, and if you and want
2: guys. if you do want if you're a Celtics fan and you do want Davis, say bye to Tatum, yeah. hundred percent, one hundred and ten thousand percent. No deal with Tatum is Tatum. in that deal. Yeah, and you're gonna have to. Danny is well, gonna, gonna have, have to make the numbers season. work
1: too. It's either Kyrie, Al Horford. Or yeah, Gordon right. Hayward. Well, yeah, you absolutely.
2: Can. I mean, Horford's probably gone to yeah, uh, a deal that it would expire in a couple of years, and it can right. and it can help grow whoever, whatever players are there. But you're losing uh, a potential, you know, all star, all, ta- all star for years to come in Tatum by getting Davis, who already is that. And maybe it's maybe it would work out for both sides. Who knows? But it's not gonna happen. Okay, definitely not right now. Now that na- agreed,
1: we move on to another subject, and you know this is going to come up, guys, right? As Gordon Hayward continues yeah. to to uh, make progress, the story's never going to end. As he's <laughs> shooting, but not jump shooting, right? <laughs> yeah. Josue, yeah. he's, yep. he, he's upper body. We talked about the body shots before and stand. Um, and <laughs> who, who knows if have? that's good for mechanics? Uh, we have uh, somebody else who can debate <laughs> that, but no, seriously. There are going to be Celtics fans who see that, get excited, and go, hmm, a big who can shoot the ball outside. And he is big. I mean, he's six. Underrated not, defender. And an underrated I defender. not a big, but he's bigger. No, he's not. He, correct. I mean, he's, he's a wing, sure. right? But he's a pretty big wing, and he can play big. Mm-hmm. So the point is. He's rested. As we get closer and closer to playoff time, as February turns to March, March turns to April. What is going to be the pressure on the Celtics to activate Danny uh, to activate Gordon Hayward for the playoffs? I think all the pressure is going to be
0: from Gordon Hayward. I mean, you see these videos, and, and the strange thing about this is that Danny Ainge is one of those guys who posted that tweet. I'm glad you brought that up. Like, ugh, how strange is that? It's almost as if Danny Ainge wants this to happen, but doesn't want to go on record and say, "Hey, I would love to see Hayward out there by the end of this season."
2: Jimmy. Danny Ainge is the mastermind behind the pressure, any type of pressure that's put on Gordon Hayward coming back, because he is throwing those little subtle, whether it's over the ra- on the radio, whether it's the inst- uh, Instagram or Twitter post, he is all on board the Gordon Hayward returning this season train. It's like I a think. secret weapon. And I got to tell you, if the Celtics continue to struggle and they're maybe not playing their best basketball heading into the playoffs, you can effectively bring Gordon Hayward back in a minimal role. You're not use, Somebody I, mentioned this I, to me. I yes. don't think he's not are, playing 20-plus minutes. He's not, he's not no. a starter. right? You, you, you might, Brad Stevens will have it down to his science, what he's going to play. He's going to come in at the beginning of the third quarter, and, and then begin, or the beginning of the second quarter, beginning of the third right. quarter, whatever. Beginning of the second, beginning of the fourth place, four minutes each quarter. You know what I mean? He's going right. to solely bring him in and see how he responds, see how the players respond to him. It's all going to depend on when he's cleared to practice, to me. Because if he isn't cleared to practice until May, I don't think it's smart to bring in such a – what you envision to be such a big piece of the team, and switch it all up, and kind of screw up what players' roles and, right. and what's working for them.
1: You want a conspiracy? Oh I de- I, yes. So, when Brad Stevens uh, was reportedly pretty ticked off that Danny posted that, um, Ooh, I can imagine picture.
0: Mike put the drop of Trag's bomb right now.
1: Do you think that Brad was sort of speaking on behalf or protecting, like Bill Belichick likes to protect some of his? Um, lieutenants Mm -hmm. uh, at Foxborough, (laughs) maybe Brad was protecting Stevens a little bit. uh, Sorry, Hayward a little bit. Okay. And telling Mm -hmm. Danny subtly, don't do that. Yeah. Okay. He's not ready and I don't want him pressured into coming back because I've
2: known this guy since he was a freshman in college. Yeah, I think think, you know, when it comes to Ainge versus Stevens, I think Ainge is, is way more of the like like, oh, yeah, let, me, let me rephrase. I think Steams is more of like the father, but like, like you know, he he wants to win, don't get me wrong, but he's thinking way more about Gordon Hayward's like, want to make sure he's 110% right. healthy. I don't want to do anything to jeopardize his he career. Not to say Danny Ainge isn't, mind, but so. Danny Ainge yeah. has that competitive streak Absolutely. in him. You know what I mean? He's a yeah. he, former player, former right. NBA guy, probably he's played That's through a, a bunch of point, injuries. Right. Yes. You know, he's played with guys who have he's seen Bird with, and McHale play through he's seen, he's seen horrible injuries in the playoffs and ruined the, you know, Right. Their post-basketball lives, essentially, you know, in terms of health, something you know, Mikhail, for example, right, and I think plays some injuries that have really hindered the way he can just live his life after. So Danny Ainge has probably seen far worse and said, "Come on, get out there, just get right. out there. Why don't
0: you take a few shots?" I think Ainge is like salivating over the story of it all. Hayward comes back. I don't know. Let's say hypothetically, late March, early April, gives the Celtics that huge boost. Yeah, well, Ainge, helps would- carries them—not carry them, but it helps them get to the finals. Let's right. say. I think Danny loves that storyline. I, I do, do too. You also have to remember, wants to see that. Danny happen.
2: put this together. He's, he's itching. Who's itching to see it more than he is? Yeah. You think you're a Celtics fan? And you want to see it? This guy has spent the last four or five years, whatever it is, deconstructing and reconstructing yep. this team to yep. put together a team that I bet you, if he asked I bet you, if he ask anybody now, if Gordon Hayward was healthy, everyone's probably putting the Celtics as favorites to win the whole damn thing because of how well they've played without him.
0: Right. And this isn't a last minute plan, right? I mean, Danny was thinking about Gordon Hayward years ago. That's what Danny it's does. Nice. He doesn't come up with these plans months before free yeah. agency. I mean, so he was targeting Hayward years before he actually got him.
2: So, yeah, there'll be pressure. And, and even Steven said, you know, it was going to be a point where where he's going to start traveling with the team. So as soon as he starts he's to, to, stay, to tra- stay out in California, stay out there, the change the scenery, scenery, start traveling with the team, you know, start taking shots. All of a sudden now he's taking layups. You know what I mean? Now he's – Helping on defense, maybe or whatever, maybe. And then he's dunking, and then he's a couple of tweets you know, it's 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 going to be full on, and I'm and I'm the first one to admit that I never thought he'd see the court this season. When right, I don't think happened. anybody did. I now, really don't. I mean, I, I still know. don't know if he will, but I just know mm. that the pressure is going to be there, and it's going to be a recurring storyline throughout the playoffs yeah. for sure. Hi everybody, this is Jimmy Toscano here from the Garden Report, and I have a message for all you singles out there. So, aside from that, if you're trying online dating, chances are you've run into, oh, I don't know, lazy text messages, dead-end conversations, random matches that don't turn into dates, so on and so forth. Well, you just can't get to know someone by looking at their picture. That's why eHarmony is different. They take steps that other dating sites just don't take in order to find you a more compatible match. Just ask over a million people they've already found perfect matches for. That's because eHarmony uses years and years of science, data, and psychological research to send you the right matches. Let them help you. And right now, I can help you too, because my listeners can get a free month with eHarmony when they sign up for a three-month subscription. Just enter my code GARDENREPORT, one word, GARDENREPORT, at checkout. Stop waiting and start your journey to a satisfying, meaningful relationship. It can be fun to play around with online dating apps, but when you're ready to fall in love with someone and have a meaningful relationship, there's only one app that's built to bring you real love, eHarmony. Come see how eHarmony changed your life. Go to eHarmony.com and get started. Enter my code GARDENREPORT at checkout.
1: Before we went on air here, okay. We were playing pool. We were playing pool right behind us, and we were discussing... (laughs) Jimmy <laughs> The end of the game uh, The Lakers game Lakers Celtics game Tuesday night at Staples Center And h- how the play unfolded And whether or not Marcus Smart Should have taken the shot Did he get a good clean look Start with you Joe Sway What did you think of the end of the game And did you think it could have been different I have no problem
0: with Marcus Smart taking that shot And I think I'm in the minority <laughs> I mean a lot of people had a problem with it Because this is, this is Hear me out Okay <laughs> End of the game, 5 seconds left. Who's the guy that you want to shoot the ball, right? Kyrie Irving, right? Yes. Where was Kyrie Irving in that play? Nowhere to be found. Trail- on the I'm weak with side. You on, I'm with you on the weak side, deep in the corner. It's almost it's almost like he forgot there's only 5 seconds left. Okay, so he's out of yeah. the picture. Jason Tatum. That's an option he could have went to, right? Mm-hmm. Tatum had a horrible shooting night. Couldn't find his rhythm, especially from outside. If I'm Marcus Smart, I'm not giving him the ball. And, and mind you, this is the longest tenure Celtic we're talking about, right? Marcus Smart's been here for a while. may not seem like it because he's, you know. Besides, like he, besides the point. Because he's still growing. Okay, besides the point. It's, it's, Objection. The best, Objection. Okay, the best option he had, Terry Rozier, right? But let me tell you this. The second he crossed the logo, half court, that's when he had a chance to give it to Terry. Not true. Marcus Smart Marcus Smart is not going to give it to Terry. Okay, because at the end of the day, you know why? Not only do he have a good shooting night. Not only did he have 22 points, he wanted that opportunity. Listen, this is a guy who has who come wanted up the opportunity? huge. Marcus, Marcus. Marcus Who cares? This is Everybody guy. out there wanted the opportunity. How many times has Marcus Smart come up big in the, at the end of the game? How, How many, many times?
2: times hasn't he? I don't know. You could probably count a lot more the on, Rockets on game, the just, to,
0: just to name one, right? How many times have he does it offensively? He wants to do it offensively. He made four three-pointers that game. Let's face it. He's a streaky shooter. If he makes four of them, right. he thinks he can make a fifth one. I mean, well, why are we the surprised here? But that's the problem. I don't I think it's a problem it. because there's five seconds left. You're in that scenario. 5.7. Okay, 5.7. You're in a scenario where, according to him, after the game, he wasn't expecting for him to for Caldwell-Pulp Caldwell-Pulp. To miss that Pope. miss that shot. You grab the rebound. He well, wasn't looking at anybody.
1: Speaking of hustle, Caldwell Pope did get
2: back. He did on get that. back. I'm going to
0: touch on that. And he, and he made him go left. Correct. Which, which, took, away, which took away Rosier.
2: Great defense. I don't think that Smart had a lane, a clear lane, because I know they were only down one. So you could have gone with a two-point play there mm-hmm. instead of the three-point play as we have a concert coming in, I think. Yeah, I think. It, <laughs> is this a cue? I don't know if they could hear it, but we could hear it. Um, <laughs> I, I don't have a problem with him not driving because I don't think the drive was there. No. This is my problem. We already touched upon. It. He had a good shooting night. Whenever Marcus Smart has a few shots go down, he gets in heat check mode. As soon as Marcus Smart grabbed that basketball, you're saying Kyrie was in the back corner. I don't think Marcus Smart had a clue where Kyrie was, and I don't think he cared. He wasn't cared. looking, right? I That's don't think true. he cared. Yeah, he wasn't. And looking. he also didn't care that Terry Rozier was calling for the ball. Listen, when you grab the rebound, this is you, you get taught. This is rec league stuff. Outlet. You grab that rebound, you turn. Outlet pass. Let, Rozier yeah. is streaking up the court. Wide open at the time. I know there was a defender on the other half of the court that was eventually going to get in the way. Or st- it wasn't like he had a clear pass I think it was to the basket. Clarkson? Yeah, I think it was Clarkson, However, Clarkson, yeah. you advance the ball as soon as possible, and then who knows, maybe Kyrie does swing around and get open sooner. Maybe Tatum gets open. I still would rather have Tatum shooting that ball from three because he's a better three-point shooter than Marcus Smart. Mm. You can't always just go on what's happening in that game. Shooters shoot. That's the truest statement any NBA basketball player will tell you. It doesn't matter how they feel that game. They still think every shot's going down. I still would have rather have given it to Tatum. I don't like Smart, just head down type style. Just knows he's going to shoot it regardless, okay? And when you're going 100 miles an hour and you stop on a dime and you pull it back for a three, I know he had a good look. Yeah, it but pretty there's damn a good, lot Jimmy. going on there that makes that shot a lot harder than it looks, even yeah. though he had a clean look at it. So I wasn't in love with it. I'm not, saying, I'm not sitting there and saying, oh, I wish Kyrie took the shot because I don't think Kyrie's put himself in the best position. It wasn't realistic, right? It wasn't realistic in a yeah. way. But I do wish that Smart had better basketball sense and Brian Rob. Uh, tweeted, uh, he wrote an article on this on Boston Sports Journal and, re- and referencing uh, the same similar play from last year against the Timberwolves in Minnesota. Marcus Smart grabbed a rebound, ran down the court. Isaiah Thomas was calling for the ball. Jay Crowder, I think, was open. Anyways, Smart totally blew off Thomas, took the shot, missed it. Just daggers from Thomas, daggers from Crowder. They had, I think they even exchanged some words off the court. And it just kind of reminded me of that right. type style where Smart, kind of wanted to be here. And you want guys who want to have the ball that's, at the end yeah, of games. You do exactly. want that. Yeah, right. But you want them to be better at shooting that ball.
0: I just think this scenario is completely different, though. Not to cut you off, Trash, you're going to say something. But no. look, if Kyrie is an option, then yeah, that's a huge mistake. Disregard everything I just said. But he wasn't an option. I I like the Rozier option
2: better, though. I did like it better because Rozier probably could have gotten to the lane. I
0: just think Marcus Smart wanted that moment, and I don't blame him. I mean, listen, he's come up big at the end of games. He was feeling it. He hit a few three-pointers, especially, you know, down the stretch – well, in the second half. And I just think that Marcus Smart wanted that moment, and I don't mind that. I think the Celtics need more guys like that who are willing to take those shots. However, don't wave off Kyrie. If Kyrie's not available, take the shot. I don't mind that. I really don't. Especially if you're Marcus Smart. Listen, he's not the greatest shooter. We all know that. as one of his biggest flaws. But when he had the night that he, ha- he had... Definitely not the
2: greatest not I don't mind that look. I really don't. It was a good look, and it almost
1: went in. Okay, wrapping it up here. Um, that was a
2: nightmare shot. Every Celtics fan's nightmare, and unfortunately they actually were awake at 1 a.m. watching that. That wasn't a
0: nightmare. <laughs> they would have loved it if it went <laughs> in, though. Nobody would have faulted games him if he made uh, that.
2: West Coast. Late I love,
1: games. I love when the Celtics go out west. Oh, you
2: don't sleep. Everyone knows that. You're yeah. around the clock. That's part of it. But anyway...
1: <laughs> um, after the Celtics play in Los Angeles for a second straight night against the Clippers on Wednesday, now they go out to Golden State. The last <sighs> couple of times, the Celtics have been kind of an upstart story, a great story. They've won the last two games in Golden State. But on Saturday night, I, I don't know, it's going to be a different feel, a different mm. vibe for me. Uh, we wanna, I want to touch on, speaking of Golden State, Kevin Durant, his 10 technicals, and over the All-Star break. Oh, we got to talk about yeah, this. Yeah, we do. Over the All Star break, the NBA players and officials are going to have a powwow. They're going to sit down and talk, hash it out. Why kumbaya. is there so much? Yeah, kumbaya. They're <laughs> gonna, there, why is there so much tension between players and officials? Okay, Jimmy, you're in that meeting. You're an arbitrator. Okay, you're um, you know somebody who can sit down we between Tommy
2: Heinsohn for this second <laughs> between
1: two the two sides. What do you think needs to happen for the drama to go away, or does the NBA want this drama to continue throughout yeah. uh, the second half of the season? So
2: they're going to have, the, the, ref, the ref, refs are going to have their little meeting with the players. It, to me, it's not really going to go no go anywhere, excuse mm-hmm. me, because these players, for better or for worse, are just so far above just what's going on in the court now. it's So much of it's off the court, so much of it's ego, so much of it's diva status, it's you know, they can't do anything wrong. They're always right. You know, these refs are just, like, peasants, and they don't know the game. Like, I know the game. I've been playing it for whatever. Right. And they've had – their feet been, have been kissed since they've been, you know, in fourth grade AAU. So when someone tells them they do, they do something wrong, no, no, I'm not. No, you're doing something wrong. This is, you don't know what you're talking about. I play the game. Did you play the game? Oh, you didn't play the game? Mm-hmm. But the NBA has kind of created this. It's it's the type of game it is. First of all, these guys are – they're center court. They're not wearing helmets. Everyone knows what they look like. They're, they've they've got the celebrity wives, girlfriends, fans, whatever it is. These guys are bigger than the game now. So they look down upon referees. They look down upon even coaches. I think even some players. They look down on the fans. You know, they think they're bigger than that. So in the NBA, it's sort of cultivated this. I think in the in the in the way that they market they market some of these players, and it's the way some of them have just been brought up in the system of AAU to college, just always being the superstar.
1: I have a different take. My take is the officials are the old school teachers who know the rules are trying to teach the rules and try to apply the rules, and the players are the students who don't want to listen. They don't exactly. They, yeah. don't they know already, They already they know better. That's accurate. Yeah. And I don't think it's. I think Jimmy's right. I don't think it's really going to go anywhere. I think kind of it's. It's really but it's a not PR even. Yeah. and, 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 I, and I,
0: love the, yeah. I love the AAU example, right? Because these guys have just been like they've been stars. They did one year in college, and it's their parents to NBA, too. And right? they just expect think about the Ball brothers constantly, over and over and over. They've never done a thing but, wrong in their lives. But to defend the referees, though, come on, got to be level of respect. I mean, there's times where guys will snap on referees, and I've seen this live. Obviously, we've all seen it, and they won't get a text. So they, there's this space where they know that they can they can sort of not only be rude, but they can really get in your face, and they won't get a technical file, and they know that they can prove their point. However, things have to change. Okay. You know what, though? I'm, I'm, I'm going to go on I mean, real school. quick track. I, I don't want to re- – Well, speaking of old school tracks, do you remember this? Late 90s, right? Yep. There was a moment – there was a time where the referees – or players were trying to be more nice to the referees because it had gotten to that point, yeah. right? I remember specifically Anton Walker was sort of putting his arm around referees all of a sudden, was trying to be chummy-chummy all of a sudden, you know, trying to be friendly to the referees. I think the NBA may need some of that again. I mean, I that's just not think happening. a lot of these yeah. guys – Well, I think that's what this, this little conversation or whatever on All-Star Weekend can
1: ultimately – well, that's going to be the ultimate result out of that. But hear, hear me out real quick. They you have, have to be respectful. My only point was, back in the day, in the '70s and '80s. Oh when, gosh! Yeah, when I started <laughs> watching basketball, back when I kept um, talking about that. Yeah, uh, civilization, civilization began. Yeah, <laughs> there was a, re- a respect between the player and the official. There just was, and you knew what you could do on the court.
2: Respect you, your elders. No. Yeah.
1: But it wasn't bow, 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 kowtow to your elders. It was, look, I think you missed that call, or come on. Mm-hmm. You know, but it wasn't complete disrespecting of the officials and bitching and moaning every single time a call went against you. And I've had that complaint about yeah. the NBA for yeah. you know, 10, 15 years now. Especially the last 20 years. I but now yeah. it's gotten to such a point where they are literally complaining about every single call, Everything. throwing their hands up in the air. And when you Is get that kind of reaction... The officials are like, just yeah. come on, let's play. Can I, in play?
2: your opinion, is, is any of it on the officials? No, I don't think so. I don't. I haven't I mean, seen. mean, we can what, all, we can admit that they will miss a call here and there, of course. They are human, of right. course, they're going to miss a
1: call. But what I'm saying is, back in the day, you know, there was an understanding between officials and players, and sure. they would talk in timeout and look, look say, "Look, I, I probably missed it. I got gotcha. you. I understand. I'll, I'll." I don't. It's the diva, Not saying they're the making data. it up, right. but
2: I was just going to say Tim Donaghy
1: did such damage to the credibility hey, of officials. Hey, seal on this guy right there, I think. I don't think so. <laughs> no. I think that's a different Tim Donnelly. Oh, is it?
2: Well,
1: anyways, go on. But you just <laughs> broke my flow there. Sorry. No, you you were
2: saying something about Tim Don. Yeah, what was it? About officials.
1: Yeah, I, I just think that uh, uh, until the officials and players have a mutual respect, this is going nowhere. All right, well, let me piggyback on what Jimmy just said about the... Then I want to take it one step further. The The,
0: the, the divas... Quote unquote, right?
2: Yeah.
0: Does that not begin or start and end with LeBron James? I mean, how many times? Oh, God. I'm going to trash on LeBron here. No, no, no. I (laughs) don't think LeBron. Listen, listen. LeBron James. He does cry a lot. Michael Jordan did it. Kobe Bryant did it. When the best players do it, the players are going to follow that lead. I mean, let's face it, every single call, you can't call foul on one of these guys because they lose it. And I'm not just talking about LeBron, Kobe Bryant, the best players in the league throughout the last, what, three generations, right? And Michael Jordan was, is, is just as guilty. Right. I mean, he gets a pass. I feel like people forget how many times he used to complain about calls. And I think that you set a tone, you set a precedent, and when the referees are not handing out text left and right, like maybe they would have in the, back in your day, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong here, guys, let me know. I think that starts a trend.
2: That's a good point. I mean, yeah, you, you attitude reflects leadership, right? Absolutely. So if you see the guys at the top acting a certain way, you're going to probably follow suit. And these guys coming into the league now, they've been watching that over the last 10 years or so, or whatever it is. But it's not just players against referees now. It's players against players. Mm. Think about the last couple of weeks. You're seeing a lot of yeah. – a lot of like you know this little slap and pushing, whatever it is. Not saying that that's never part, been part of the game. It's been a lot. It's been a lot more physical. That's but true. the last I would say month or so, you're seeing a lot of players. They're not respecting each other either. And I, again, I think it goes back to what the NBA has kind of created here in in the way that these players are perceived as super superstars. If you look at the top superstars, sports superstars in America, a lot of them are NBA players because of the way that they are just marketed, th- looked at from the fans yeah, and yeah. the way that, that what they're yeah, the way they're advertised it off the court and the the things that they do. So I think that their heads are extremely big right now. I think that's what one of the issues are. I think that's going to do a wrap, make a wrap. Make a wrap.
1: Um, Little Bobby V. All right, all right. For <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, this is going to wrap it up for this sky is falling episode of the Garden Report, <laughs> the Celtics and the NBA relationship between players and officials. We'll have much more on CLNS Media Dot com. And, of course, the Celtics don't get back in, in Boston until that would be the last day of January, January 31st, okay. at TD Garden against the New York Knickerbockers. And oh, we'll gosh. be covered then.
2: They lost to them in New York, so a little revenge game? Could be. I like that.
1: I I'm calling a blowout. Uh, by the way, Joe Sway, I do like your uh, outfit. I not think bad, man. that, right? little white tee. Yeah, tea. you pulled that off. You go white tee under the – t-
2: you went white tee over a white tee, I think. Think top. White tang, white tang. I like that move.
1: All right. I think we're running out of steam (laughs) here. That's a good time (laughs) to wrap things up. My name is Mike Petralia. This is Jimmy Toscano. That is Josue That. (laughs) That.
0: (laughs) And that is Josue.
1: And my name is, again, Mike Petralia. That's the Garden Report brought to you by DraftKings.com. Use the promo code CLNS at DraftKings.com and get one free match play.